Holy shit. What? These cookies are so good. Oh, what kind are they? Pumpkin. Killer pumpkin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Today we are continuing our Halloween marathon with the 1992 film Candyman, directed by Bernard Rose in color for 101 minutes. I'm your host, Precious D, and with me is my co-host, Honeybee. Say hello, Honeybee. Hello, Honeybee. The movie stars Virginia Madsen as Helen Lyle and Tony Todd as Candyman. Wow. Uh, it also stars Vanessa Estelle Williams, not to be confused, but frequently confused with Vanessa Lynn Williams. Vanessa Lynn was the former Miss America. Oh, okay. Vanessa Estelle was in the union first, so the other Vanessa was going by, by Vanessa L. And then apparently they had some arbitration and the union, for some reason decided, ah, you can just both be Vanessa Williams. It's fine. Which is odd. <laughs> they don't usually do that. That's and that's funny. what, usually when you see an actor using either a middle initial or three names, it's because somebody else is already in the union with that name. Oh. So, that is, so Samuel L. Jackson, there was probably already a Samuel or a Sam Jackson in the union. I mean, that's not a terribly uncommon kind of a name. Right. So they, and often it is like Michael J. Fox. There was probably already Michael Fox. Yeah, there's a producer that produces, I think it's like Teen Mom. And it's always like at the end, it's like Morgan F. Freeman or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so. So anyway, this is the not Miss America, Vanessa Williams, Vanessa E. <laughs> and there's a little cameo. Well, I don't know if it's a cameo. A cameo implies that they're purposely putting a famous person in there for a small part. That's not the case here. I just think of it that way. Ted Raimi plays a small part in the beginning of the movie, but he was not anyone you would have heard of at the time. So it's not really a cameo. Ah, uh, I see. Are you familiar with Ted Raimi? Nope. He is the brother of Sam Raimi, but he is best known for playing Joxer the Mighty on Xena, Warrior Princess. Oh. Occasionally he has parts in his brother's movie. His brother is one of the producers of Xena, which is how he got that part. But being the producer's brother will get you one appearance on the show. But if they keep, <laughs> ask, but if they keep asking you back, then you must be doing something right. Because he did become a regular... <laughs> It's weird because on Xena, he was portrayed as a big doofus. But in this movie, he's like the bad boy. He's the cool oh. guy. He's, he's the one in the when she's telling the story in the beginning. Oh, okay. Is the bad boy that's come over to the, the babysitter's house. Or yeah, I was like thinking like, how the fuck, how old is this dude? Like, gross. He looked a little too old for this part. <laughs> did, he, did he? Well, you know, she was just telling a story. So we don't know that that ever actually happened. Hmm. I, yeah. I have a kill count of five plus one dog. That's counting the girl in the beginning who may or may not have been real. <laughs> but we see her get killed, so it counts for us how, how bloody the movie is. Yeah. The budget was eight to nine million, and the box office was 25.8 million, and it has spawned three sequels. And I got a bunch of awards way back. Really? Uh, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. Not like real awards. Oh. <laughs> Horror awards. Well, it got Fangoria Chainsaw Awards for Best Actress, Best Studio Wide Release Film, Best Screenplay, Best Actor, 
Best Supporting Actress for Vanessa Williams. Best Soundtrack, Philip Glass did the soundtrack. The Saturn Awards, which is a big sci-fi award. Well, sci-fi and fantasy, and I guess they include horror. That's for uh, film and television. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror film and television. It got Best Actress, Best Horror Film, Best Writing, and Best Makeup. Fantas Porto gave it Best Film. I don't know what that is. And the Avoriaz Fantastic Film Festival gave wow. it best, best Actress Music the and the Audience Award and the Grand Prize. Wow, we. How did you feel about it? I've always had a problem with this film. Have you ever seen it before? Uh, okay, I didn't even really like know this had existed. This Candyman, um, I was like, I guess on the Bloody Mary side of things. Yes. But I was recently having no. I was w- was watching a movie with one of my girlfriends, and we saw the preview for the new Candyman. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she said, oh, the Candyman is like the black boogeyman and she's black. So I, I assumed uh-huh. like, I don't, I don't, it I was like, I was like, oh, okay. But I thought nothing of that, of it. Uh-huh. And then I like watched it and I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. So I don't know if he has, so you, when she said that to you, you thought she like in real life, like, I he's thought used she, as a, or, or did she well, just mean in the mo- in the world of the movies? I thought she meant like, like, um, like the boogeyman is like something that like white people tell their children, and like the right. Candyman is just like the black version of that. But then I, I have... so that's the only thing I knew about okay. this. Like that's the only thing I had about this movie until I actually saw it. I have no idea if that has become the case over the years. If anybody knows, please send us a message and tell us. But Candyman comes from a Clive Barker short story that was turned into this movie. Before this movie, he did not exist as a folklore character. Okay. But it's been years, so maybe people who saw this movie as a kid grew up and started telling their kids, Candyman's going to get you. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't say. Right. Um, but yes, he has the, I mean, the character within the movie, he is a figure of folklore like Bloody Mary, right. except, except you have to say his name five times. Yeah. Bloody Mary, you just have to say three times. There's a joke in there, but I'm not going to make it. Um, <laughs> so my problem with the Candyman, the thing is this movie's got a lot of things in it I like. I like the folklore thing. I like the drug dealer using the folklore, taking on the persona of the folklore character to intimidate the neighborhood. I like the idea of Virginia Madsen's character being forced to become the new folklore character. Yeah. That's all interesting. And everybody's performances are are great. Yeah. But my problem is with the Candyman himself. And I don't mean the actor. I mean, why is he called the Candyman? Why does he have so much going on? Uh-huh. Because he's got he's got the name Candyman, but he doesn't do anything with candy. Yeah. He's got a hook, and then he's got this whole bee thing going on as well. Yeah. Because he was the story is that this artist who was the son of a slave, but not a slave himself, so I'm not exactly sure why that's important, but they tell us. I guess just to set the period and the culture that he's growing up in. Uh-huh. He's an artist and he goes around painting people and he paints a white chick and they start fooling around. And of course the white people don't like that. So they hunt him down. And instead of lynching him as one would normally do, they cut his hand off, shove a hook into it 
and then throw a beehive on him or smear him with honey, wreck the beehive so that the bees then start stinging him to death. And I just, why isn't he called the hook man or the honey man or the bee man? I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. This is where my problem with this movie begins though. And I don't, I just want to like preface this by saying, I don't want to say anything, you know, offensive or ignorant. I am a product of my raising and I don't want to perpetuate any hate or racism. So if I say something offensive, please call me out. I want to learn it. I want to know unless you're some um, fragile white dude, then fuck off. But my problem with this begins with the Candyman is a man who was lynched in the middle of a street by these people because he impregnated a white woman. We never get his name, which upset me a little bit. Um, they never tell us like his real name, but he's a real person. Like it's based on this re- real story in the movie. Right. Uh, that that like really bothered me. I just like I I I don't know. This movie really. I was like, whoa, what is going on here? This is kind of I I feel like I'm not uh, smart enough or educated enough to know a lot of the symbolism in this movie or to like see it. But then there were moments in this movie where I was like, this this means something, right? Like, this is this feels fucked up to me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I don't I, know, man. I thought we were told his name, but it may be that we're told it in the sequels. I mean, I know we know his name at some point, but it, okay. may, not, it may not come out in this movie. It may come and out. And maybe in- I just missed mm. it, but I was like, what the fuck is, like, what is, uh, the story really bothered me that like he was drug out into the street and like no one i don't know it just really it really bothered me well this i mean when this happened to him this would have been not too long after the civil war so right yeah totally that's the kind of people you're dealing with right now the the director i mean the movie is about in in ways it's about race and racism and Uh the sort of what society the position that society puts black people in right yeah i got that with like the mirroring apartments yeah so i i I saw that and i i got that there were a few things that i did get but just like i didn't there were a few things i feel like i i'm not i i need to educate myself better to understand but i don't know this movie was really like i was like there were parts where i was like what holy fuck so to all (laughs) it's just crazy go ahead so the director's a white guy but the um director the new one is jordan peele uh yes which i'm stoked for but apparently at the time because concerns about depicting racism maybe stereotypes and he the director went to a bunch of meetings with the naacp because the producers were concerned yeah and apparently they read the script and were like why are we even having this meeting you know okay so this quote is from wikipedia (laughs) The reaction was, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just good fun. Their argument was, why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? Why shouldn't a black actor play Freddy Krueger or Hannibal? Of course. If you're saying that they can't be, that's really perverse. This is a horror movie. So it's nice that the producers were aware and concerned, but I guess the, you know, the NAACP was like, uh, black people can be serial killers too. Yeah, totally. And I agree. I agree with that 100%. But there's a difference between like a black person being a serial killer and like this like 
us perpetuating a storyline of, you know, this guy, this big, scary black man, whatever, after it was just like the way the story was. And like I said, I'm not sure myself, I'm not educated enough or I, like I said, I don't want to, if I say something ignorant or offensive, I do want to know, I want to learn. I, um, you know, I want to be better. I'm just, uh, like just being honest from like my perspective, I was a little bit like, uh, and also as the movie went on, I felt like the way that like she turns into him, it was perfect. It was like, it was like the, like him basically like, putting her through i don't know carry well, there, there was some implication that she was or at least looked like whoever the white girl was that he got in trouble with mm-hmm. back, back then yeah because she looks like a painting on some graffiti but how would <laughs> yeah how would yeah. the graffiti artist how would the graffiti artist know uh i don't know all those white women look alike i guess um <laughs> The thing is, there is, it is, I think, part of the tradition of this kind of folklore character that they have been wronged in some way. Yeah. That when they were alive, they were somehow the victim. But now in taking their revenge, they end up creating a lot of innocent victims themselves. My other problem with this, though, is that the Candyman doesn't seem to follow his own rules, or he's not aware of the rules, or everybody thinks these are the rules, but they're not. Because (laughs) the story is that if you say his name five times in a mirror, and apparently it doesn't have to be the same person saying it five times. Because in the opening story, the guy says it four times and then leaves the room, and the girl says it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if his name is spoken five times in front of a mirror, then he'll appear behind you and kill you. But then in the movie, he can just apparently appear when he wants to and do whatever he wants to. Because the the problem is that once so there's a there's there's the folklore of the, of the Candyman, but as Virginia Virginia Madsen and her friend uh, Bernadette played by Cassie Lemons. They're working on a thesis. Apparently you can work on a thesis together. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Can you get a joint doctorate? I don't know, but they're working on a thesis. <laughs> they're working on a thesis about folklore and it turns into, you know, people in the ghetto are blaming this folkloric character for their problems. And along the way, she uncovers that a drug dealer is using the persona of the candy man to intimidate people. And that maybe he has committed some of these murders that the candy man's being blamed for uh-huh. the candy man. The actual candy man has a problem with this because basically she's debunked him. And this has undermined his belief, the people's belief in him. So in order to reestablish himself in the minds of the community, he's going to have to take some innocent blood. So he takes a child, makes it look like Virginia Madsen has maybe taken the child, kills a dog. So but he just he he's upset that she has undermined his his popularity or undermined people's belief in him. So he just appears to her in broad daylight in a parking garage and kind of hypnotizes her and then she wakes up in a pool of blood having appeared to have killed a dog and possibly taken a baby and put it somewhere. And then throughout the movie, he he doesn't need to be summoned. He can just go and harass her wherever he wants. Yeah. So 
So that's another problem I have with it, that he's not following the rules, and it's not being explained why he doesn't have to follow the rules. You know, all you would really need is a line saying, well, that's the story people tell, but that's not, you know, I'm not bound by that. That's just because yeah. you guys believe that doesn't mean that that's actually the rules or something. But So I think it's got a lot of good ideas, and it's, I mean, with three sequels, there's something that people like, but it's not a perfect film. It's got flaws. Cool. It's of course. Now, I was just watching Scream 1 and 2 in preparation for a few days from now. And uh, in both of those movies, they mentioned Candyman in passing. Oh, wow. So just a few years later, when, when Scream was made, you know, it was, it was big yeah. enough that he is now sort of an icon. I uh, remember also in the first scene, whenever the, uh, when I was like, wow, this guy's a little too old to be standing here with this little girl in her bra. But there's like she's like i guess trying to seduce him with this like Candyman story uh-huh. and i was like is the candy man supposed to be like a sexy thing and then whenever because <laughs> it was like weird like what and then whenever he like hypnotizes her in the uh parking garage i was like mm. oh damn okay it is a sexy thing a little bit all right because yeah, he well, does he's a little uh yeah they have a little bit of he's a little bit of a I don't know. He has some sort of weird sexual charisma about him or something. I don't know. (laughs) Why he keeps asking her to be my victim. We will be joined together if you be my victim or whatever. And uh, and also like he needs her permission, her consent. (laughs) He needs her consent to victimize her. Yeah. Okay. So... so I, I, I don't know. I have a few things I wrote down here. Bees in the toilet. Uh-huh. In the public restroom, there's bees in the toilet. Why? Why? I mean, it's because of the candy man, but why are they in the toilet? That makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I wrote down rope. Do you know why I wrote down rope? Can you think of what I was referring to there? I know why, but I'm... You wrote down what? Rope? Rope. Uh, no. There's a scene in the, I think it's a, in the hospital, in the psychiatrist's office. Mm-hmm. After he kills the psychiatrist, then he flies backwards out the window and the rope that's pulling him out the window is clearly visible. Oh, I missed the rope. <laughs> it's not even a wire. I mean, they got to yank him through a window, so it's not even a wire. It's a full-on fucking rope and you can see it. Uh, I wrote sleeping. Because at some point, the Candyman just seems to be dozing in the little wreck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I thought that was a trap at first. Like when she's like walking up to him and he's Uh, like asleep. I thought he was like going to trick her. And then she like opened his eyes and was like surprised to see her. And I was like, oh, okay. He was taking a snooze. Some part of the rundown building or something where people have done graffiti about the Candyman and sort of set up a offerings or a shrine to him or whatever and he's he's just asleep down there i'm like but isn't he supposed to be you know a ghost why is he just asleep i don't get that didn't make any sense to me yeah it does it really doesn't and then i wrote kid sleeps in junkyard oh this little, yeah this little kid that shows her where the the candy man is with the drug dealer, drug dealer. Later on, we see him at the projects. I thought it was a junkyard, but I think it's things they've piled up for a bonfire for some reason. It certainly turns into a bonfire. There's a point when they pull back and it looks like a pile of stuff in the middle of a lot rather than an actual junkyard. 
but it it's dark out and the little kid is just you know it looks like he's just hanging out sleeping i mean we don't ever you know when she meets him he's just hanging out in the hallway they go to the police station at no point does somebody say we've called your mother she knows where you are it's going to be okay you know they talk about taking him home but they don't so i don't know maybe this kid's homeless and just sleeps in the in the junk yeah, I guess I guess so. But at the end of the movie, he's with Vanessa Williams, and somebody's put a bow tie on him. So I guess he's going to be okay. I guess <laughs> I guess she'll take care of him. I hope. That's funny. Aw. So, what are you going to rate this movie out of five Halloween? I um, I still I think it was a good movie. I did enjoy it. I, there were just some things that I was like, I don't know if this is like concerning or not i'm not sure and i feel like because we live in like such a political climate where like fear and stereotypes just like tear us apart and this movie is kind of one of those movies where you can really see you know stereotypes you know in the ghettos and stuff like that and um and even at one point the main character helen says it pisses me off that they called the police, you know, these people called the police and no one would come and help them. But a white woman gets beat up and they shut the blah, blah, blah down. Yeah. So like there, you know, there was like, you know, there are things. And I think that it's, um, you know, just uh, it's a good movie. It was a totally it was a good movie. I liked it. There were things I liked about it. There were things that I just need to further educate myself on and uh, and and figure out, you know. Okay. Uh, I'm giving it two and a half. Two and a half. I would say two I would a say half. a solid like 3.5 for me. Okay. It's just the things that don't make sense just bu- bug me enough that it kind of spoils the rest of it for me. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand. There were definitely some things. Like there was this one part, you know, where she summons him in the doctor's office. Does she? Well, yeah. Yeah. Does she's she in summon the- him? I thought he just she- showed up. No, no. She summons him in the doctor's office. Like she's like... Oh, right. She, you don't she never, me. it's the only time that she does it, but she's like trying to prove because he shows her a video yeah. um, showing her that, like, basically she's having a hallucination. He's not yeah. really in there. So she's like, I'll summon him. Right. There's and, a mirror to the side of her. And she, yeah, I was like, bitch, like that, that kind of bothered me. Like, she can just call him on command. Like, because she knows that he's going to kill somebody. He's not just going to come in there and be like, Hello, I'm the Candyman. It's me. Ha ha ha. You caught me. Well, and that like, guy, yeah, well, first, it's stupid because she doesn't know that he won't kill her. That's how it's supposed to work. Again, he's not right. following, He's not following the rules, but he should have killed her when he showed up. But yeah. this, this doctor is trying to help her. He doesn't deserve to be killed by the Candyman. Yeah, exactly. That's why it bothered me that she summoned him. Well, she does end up becoming the bad guy in the end, so. Yeah, I really did. I I really loved how that, like, transition happened throughout the movie. There was a, a moment that I hated with Trevor, her husband or fiancé yes. or yes. boyfriend. Hus- he, husband, where, husband, they're married. Husband, okay. It was when right when Bernadette dies um, and he comes in. This is the second murder that she's, like, holding a weapon and covered in blood next to. And she's like... <laughs> And she's like, hold me, Trevor, covered in Burnett's blood. And he just holds her like. Well, that's because he feels guilty because he's cheating on her. So what? She's covered in another person's blood. (laughs) So you think he should have been less supportive? No, I think that when someone is covered in someone else's blood, you don't grab them and hug them. I promise you. (laughs) 
Like you don't grab them and hold them close. You, you know what I mean? Like it was just like, she's covered. You should have been so, I'm sorry, honey. You're going to have to clean up before I comfort you. Absolutely. Because first of all, it's evidence. They have to get that shirt and like do the blood splatter and all that shit. He should not be touching her while she is covered head to toe in Bernadette's blood. It was awful. I oh. mean, maybe the side of her side hug the her. Side hug. Maybe something, but I mean, holy shit. Like, okay. Speaking of Trevor and his infidelity, cause yeah, he, she suspects at one point that he's cheating with a student and it turns out he is. What is with the boob show at the end? I don't know, but we got a lot of boobs at the end. Because we get some, we get Virginia's twice, but the first one is sort of justified. She's in the police station. They're making her take off her bloody clothes. The aforementioned bloody clothes. The second one was just and a spicy the, college the second, student. This, no, no. The second, the, the second one is she's in the bathtub. But that oh. was kind of, that. Virginia Madsen's in the bathtub. But that was kind of gratuitous. It wasn't really, we didn't really need to see her in the bathtub. She's just decompressing after getting out of jail or whatever cleaning the blood off or soaking in the blood or whatnot. I don't know. But at the end, they've gone to the funeral. It seems like it's the same day. They've come back from the funeral and Trevor and his little mistress are in the their apartment and she's going to make dinner and she's wearing this extremely sheer tight shirt with no bra. And I'm like, what is going on here? Because this is not that time <laughs> in the movie. It's, you know, we're about to get the payoff of her now being the legend, and Trevor accidentally summons her by saying her name in the mirror five times. And it just seemed like the girl should have been covered up because that's not what the scene was about. And did nobody notice on the set? Nobody said, hey, let's put a sweater on that girl. I loved it. Well, I just. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a cute shirt. I mean, yeah. it's no secret that we all have nipples. I liked but, it. You, I but it you know what I'm saying? You didn't find it a little distracting and a little didn't undercut the tone of the scene i mean i was like nipples <laughs> and then that was right it. And then right but should you be doing that during this scene is that really establishing the mood that we're looking for in this scene <laughs> i i thought it was great okay i understand what you're saying though all right oh something else um when all of the people came to the funeral to helen's funeral and like threw the hook in there like yeah Cause is that because like they like she's the candy man to them? Like they realize that it's her? They were honoring the fact that she rescued the child. From the candy man. Okay. Does make it unclear how how she now becomes the legend. Well, I mean, I guess Trevor just turns her into the legend by that happening. Okay. I totally but, misunderstood that. I thought that she was like everyone thinks it's her like they're like the candy man's in there i saw the hook the people catch it on fire she's already been caught several times at these murders me i'm thinking oh now she's caught at this fire but now they have she has the baby like they saved the baby but she thought that she's the one who took the baby right so no, it's not like she just got she, like smoked this out is the, the mother is now acknowledging that i understand she didn't take the baby that it was the candy man oh and that, and that see, she, I, she died I thought everyone rescued. came to like nope. be like, fuck you, I, here's her hook. I hope it dies with you, you piece I, of shit. I, I took it as we we're acknowledging that she rid us of the candy man and we're oh. and we're gonna and we're gonna bury what's left of him with, with her. You. That's how yeah. we're honoring we're, her. We're putting the candy man to rest because she vanquished him. 
through her side. Uh, okay, I don't know. That's that seems weird to me. But well, it's it, just another way in which this movie doesn't quite work, I guess. Yeah, like if someone was a mass murderer and we thought it was this one person this whole time, but then she saved my baby and we find out it wasn't her. I'm not going to bury anything of that mass murderers with her. Yeah, That's yeah, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It was a little weird. Um, yes, I the, thought the, she was like, I thought she was like, haha. Now we found out that the Candyman was really just this white bitch. And fuck her, and we're gonna take your hook, Satan. No. I was like, damn. I, her, I think it was a, her a trophy, I guess. Or, but or their way of laying the Candyman to rest is how I. Okay, think. okay, that that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, me. yeah, I think they were acknowledging their debt to her. Weird. Because you don't put on a bow tie to say fuck you. You put a bow tie on to say thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Um, for the next one, like uh, for the 2021. Have you already seen it? Yeah, I watched it yesterday, I think. Nice. I am super excited for it. Um, and uh, is it better? Or don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> tomorrow, uh, tomorrow we'll be doing the new Candyman. We're going to skip Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, and Candyman Day of the Dead. Oh, though that's two and three. They're described as standalone movies that make a, a connected story. Two and three are connected to each other, but not so much connected to the first one. I mean, they they still have they still have they still have Tony Todd playing the Candyman, but there's no acknowledgement of Helen and oh, what the and fuck, the, really? And the, and the fact that he should. Well, the thing is, in this movie, the Candyman's kind of been destroyed. So yeah. To make another movie about him, you kind of have to ignore that. And oddly enough, Candyman 3 was made in 1999, but is set in 2021. No, it's set in 2020. Weird. I think it's because there's a character who's a child in number two who is now an adult in this movie. So I don't know if they ever actually say, hi, it's the year 2020. Or if it's just somebody's done the math and it must be the year 2020. I'd have to watch it again and see, is there, are they trying to do some future shit in it? Or are they just not talking about the fact that it's, you know, 25 years after? Yeah. It's the previous film took place in 1995 and this movie is 25 years later. So that's the year it's happening in, but I don't know that they're doing any future sci-fi shit. Hmm. Uh, Okay. So I guess let's wrap it up for today all right thank you all for joining us you can message us at monster movie fun time go at gmail.com leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg i have been precious d and i have been honey b and we will not see you but you will hear us next time on monster movie fun time go